So give me just a second, guys. Oh, wait, you know what? Let me share this real quick. Turn that down. Is Andre on? Oh, uh, yeah, he's there. What's up, Andre? Hey, Lee, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Things going good. for you? What'd you say? I say things going good for you? Yeah, pretty good. Yep. How's your mom doing? She's doing pretty good. Glad to hear it. Yo, yep. we hi. Okay, I sure will. Okay, so we're on chapter 88 in Testimonies for the Church, volume one, and we're starting at paragraph 522. And this chapter, again, is about dress, the reform dress. And uh, as I mentioned before, she has, uh, Sister White has, has had, we've had several chapters now, just in volume one, dealing with the proper dress. And so... It evidently, it's very important the way we dress as Christians. And I remember a time when you could almost spot uh, 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 an Adventist <laughs> because of their dress and their demeanor and all of that. It's not so apparent anymore. But uh, there was a time that, that you would say, I bet that person is an Adventist. And then you talk to them and they're like, yep. <laughs> um, but there, there has to be uh, some significance to our dress um, because she keeps bringing it up. And um, even though she was dealing with dress back in the 1800s, maybe early 1900s, there are some principles that we can take from this study as to how Christians should dress appropriately modified for our time. Um, but, uh, so as we study, keep that in mind and, and, and think about, and, and maybe you have some comments on, uh, how some of this may, might apply to us now and the things that we're seeing and experiencing, uh, in our society now. Um, so she, one of the things she says at the top of this paragraph is that, and, and in this paragraph, I mean, in this chapter, the reform dress was actually a dress that was about eight inches from the floor. And, uh, and then you wore pants underneath it so that your legs were still covered. And um, she uh, adopted this form of dress because it was comfortable and because it was practical for women. And it was healthful for women rather than wearing long skirts and hoops that dragged the ground and and, 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 and so kept everything up under there, just a nasty mess up under your skirts. Um, and she said that, that none of that was healthy or healthful. And uh, it really was immodest because the hoops, when you sat down, you had to raise the hoops up above your hips to sit down. So she was totally opposed to, to that style of dress. Uh, but she says that uh, if anybody adopts the short dress, which is the one, and in this case, she's talking about again, eight inches above the floor, that um, it should be tasteful in the selection of colors and, and that um, she said if, if anybody's unable to buy new cloth, they could do the best they can by fixing their old garments and, and, and I guess taking them apart and redoing them or, or I guess a lot of the ladies had skirts that, that went all the way to the floor. So I guess they could shorten them or hem them or cut off 
some portion of it. Um, and then she said that the, the pants and the dress should be of the same color and the same material so that you don't look basically crazy uh, with uh, a lot of odd stuff going on. And she said the old garments should be cut after a correct pattern and arranged tastefully to appear like they're new. So she said to the sister, she said, don't form your own patterns after your particular ideas. And she said, while there are correct patterns of good taste, there are also incorrect patterns of bad taste. She was basically telling the ladies, don't do it yourself. <laughs> no DIYs. <laughs> and, and she uh, actually, I think somewhere in this chapter, it talks about how she uh, made the patterns. And so she when she would go out, she would sell them, I guess, or give them out to the ladies who desired the reform dress so that they would have um, a good idea of what to do and how to make the, the reform dress. Um, and let's see, down in the next chapter, I mean, sorry, the next paragraph, 523.1, she's talking about quilts not being necessary. So basically quilted, quilted, um, fabric. Don't make your clothes out of quilted fabric. Uh, and then she says, um, sometimes she sees, uh, I guess, I don't know if it slips or something hanging below the dress. And she said that just doesn't look good. Uh, or, or white skirts worn with dark dresses. Uh, don't do that. That doesn't look good. Um, she says, make sure your, that your skirts are clean, neat and nice of good material and in all cases, at least three inches shorter than the dress. So basically if she, she I guess she's talking about, and I, I assume she's referring to some sort of slip or undergarment here under the dress and saying, don't have it so that it's hanging below the dress, make sure it's, it's shorter than the dress. And she says here, three inches. Um, and then she said, if anything is gonna go below the skirt, she said, uh, let it be small and at least one quarter or one half a yard from the bottom of the dress or outside of the skirt. So basically she's being very specific. And I remember if you read in the Bible about the instructions that the Lord gave for building the tabernacle in the wilderness, he was very specific, very specific about the pattern and the dimensions and the materials and all of that. And so it, it almost sounds like she's patterning after that and that she's being very specific about the dimensions and patterns and the colors and fabrics and all of that um so any comments on that i was just thinking about um why she was so specific about that you know and i think um one of the things is that the helpful aspect of it you know she doesn't really mention a whole lot about pride and dress like that's what most people focus on but she's talking about the of it and how it looks and appears to others. And I guess as representatives of Christ, that is important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, she don't even say it like how it looks in terms of being sexual or anything, but just whether it's looking neat and tidy, you know, and clean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And uniform and pleasing, a, a pleasing appearance. You know. I think that's true. Of course, we always say it applies to men and women. Mm -hmm. Be neat. <clears throat> you know, one of the big issues was people wearing sagging pants in church. Right. Or jeans yeah. or, or other stuff. Yes, that, you know, neat. 
and and and, and, and the thing about it is that type of thing right i was gonna just say that a lot of times you know we will um talk about people that wear jeans to church or t-shirts to church or whatever and you know that goes both ways if that's all they have then that's one thing but if they're wearing suits and ties to interviews and they're wearing jeans and t-shirts to church then that Mm -hmm. might be a problem (laughs) Yeah, it's always what the Lord is telling you, because I think, like she said, I don't know if this is in the next paragraph or something, but she had mentioned she's not going to make that a subject of hers wherever she go. And that is between uh, individuals and the Lord. She's not going to be hounding people or telling them this is right, that's wrong. She's given what the Lord has gave her. And it's up to individuals to listen and follow or not follow. Right, right. And, 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 and it is in the next paragraph. And she further says in there that she's clear. She, she shall urge no one and condemn no one. And she said, that's not the work assigned to me. God knows his humble, willing, obedient children and will reward them according to their faithful performance of his will. So it's really a matter of conscience uh, here. And again, like you said, Lee, where the Lord is leading each individual, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, what he's leading each one to do so she's not she wasn't going to put that at the forefront of her of her gospel message as she traveled from place to place that wasn't going to be <laughs> at the front of it and she says uh further down in paragraph 523.2 near the bottom she says too many to many that dress reform is too simple and humbling to be adopted they cannot lift the cross, but God works by simple means to separate and distinguish his children from the world. But some have so departed from the simplicity of the work and ways of God that they are above the work and not in it. Mm. And then she quotes the scripture, Numbers 15, 38 through 41. Anybody want to read that? Anybody have that? It's number 15, what? It's uh it's in it's at the top of paragraph 524.1. She said I was referred to numbers 15, 38 through 41. Okay, I have it. Okay, go ahead. Now to the children of Israel and bid them that speaking to the children of Israel and bid them that they make them hinge fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it should be unto you for a fringe, that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that you seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you use to go a whore. That you may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your, your God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land be your God and the Lord your God. Hmm. So she's saying, thank you, Lakita. She's saying below that here God expressly commanded a very simple arrangement of dress for the children of Israel to distinguish them from the idolatrous nations around them. And so as they looked upon their particular style of dress, they were to remember that they were God's commandment keeping people and that he had wrought in a miraculous manner to bring them from Egyptian bondage to serve him, to be a holy people unto him. So that particular instruction had a very definite purpose 
And uh, as we have been studying in the Sabbath school lesson this week, it is to remember mm-hmm. what it was to remember what the he, blue fringe. Like he is their God, and he wants them to remember his uh, commandments and statutes and all the things he's done for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she said they were not to serve their own desires or to imitate the idolatrous nations around them, but to remain a distinct, separate people that all who looked upon them might say, these are they whom God brought out of the land of Egypt, who keep the law of Ten Commandments. So um, the principle that we can take from this is what? Anybody? Well, I think one of the most important principles is to keep our eyes on Christ and do as Christ has, has told us to do and to follow him. But don't look at other people and compare yourself and follow other men because they cannot save us. Mm. Mm. And so our very dress should help us to what? Keep our eyes on Christ, right? Remember Christ. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cool. And you know, you know what? This is eye-opening because in church, People complain about dress because it might lead somebody astray and, you know, it's too revealing. And, but it, he's not concerned with our dress for those reasons. But, I mean, it maybe is. But more for it so that when you look at your modest dress and see yourself compared to people of the world, if you will, then you will remember God. When you look at yourself, you remember Christ. That's the whole goal is for it. It to be a remembrance of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And we would do well to remember uh, what God has done for us in the past, even just for us. If we don't even go back to the Bible and the, and, and the days of the children of Israel, and we just can spend time reflecting on what God has done just for us in our lives, mm-hmm. I think that that would be a great benefit to us. Uh, because as we were mentioning in the lesson, Sabbath school lesson this morning, it is so easy to forget. And, uh, but it's, but, but maybe remember just that very word, because in the fourth commandment, God didn't say, do not forget. He said, remember. I think uh, it points out too, is we're not to be imitating the world, but to mm -hmm. how the Lord leads, because it's very easy. For as a church member, you're, you're at church, but then you're out at, at work in your neighborhood with your friends and see different type of fashions that everybody's wearing and everybody's looking cool. And so you got to remember, we're not here to imitate the world either. The world is going astray and we're not to follow them, but to follow Christ. Right. Modest, not only in apparel, but in character. Has anybody ever watched the red carpet for some of these... Uh... Some of these award shows, and yes, uh, ma'am, they preview the fashions and the people walking up to the red carpet. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think about some of that? I'm gonna be honest. Some of that, I, I, I just, I couldn't even imagine myself being that bold to put some of that stuff on and mm. think I'm gonna walk down a red carpet and everybody's supposed to admire it. And I know mm. those, you know, those the way they, those uh, people that style those dresses and stuff. 
they spend all that money and I just, you know, I could just see myself saying, before I spend all that kind of money, I can go get me some food and cook at home and <laughs> help somebody else. But some of those dresses are so revealing. There's nothing to them. Mm-hmm. Last time I looked, I saw this guy. I think his name Billy Porter. And I don't know. Yes, yes. <laughs> but he's wearing this gold Cinderella dress. <laughs> thinking this is so ridiculous. And he tends to wear dresses. I've seen him. Yeah. Other awards wearing a pink dress. And I'm uh-huh. thinking, this is so sad because the announcers and everybody was like, oh, that's great. Oh, that's right. right. Thinking mm-hmm. this is no more than the devil infiltrating. Mm-hmm. Right. Even um, can you all hear me? You're right. My yeah. my thing is a little unstable. So hopefully. But now even I think some uh I don't know if it's football player or basketball player, but straight guys. Uh, these uh, young professional athletes are showing up in dresses and whatnot. And mm. it's just, I, I forgot what they said. It was supposed to be an expression of, but uh, it's not just the, what, what the Bible called out as the fe- feminine, mm. but these big athletes that are straight and, um, mm. oh, and, and rock stars too, that are straight will show up in dresses. Well, it's they funny because there was a time when Dennis Rodman would do that and everybody just looked at him as really peculiar. But now, you know, it seems to be becoming more acceptable and more, more, you know. Um, new under the sun. Yeah. So they claim they're straight because you got to be somewhat effeminate to do that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the guy who, uh, let's see, uh, what is his name? For some reason, I can't call his name right now. Who did the Old Town Ooh, Road? Oh, whatever his name is. No, Old Town Road. Uh, Andre, what's his name? But he is gay. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. But he dresses very outlandishly now. Yeah. More so than um, anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in paragraph 524.2, he says, God would have now have his people adopt the reform dress, not only to distinguish them from the world as his peculiar people, but because a reform in dress is essential to physical and mental health. And uh, one of you all mentioned that, the physical health part of it. And she says, God's people have to a great extent lost their peculiarity and have been gradually patterning after the world and mingling with them until they have in many respects become like them. This is displeasing to God. He directs them as he directed the children of Israel anciently to come out from the world and forsake their idolatrous practices, not following their own hearts for their hearts are unsanctified or their own eyes, which have led them to depart from God and to unite with the world. Uh, It's funny. That's a really telling paragraph to me because I think that um, there, if we were to truly examine ourselves, each one of us, there might be compromises we've made with the world in different areas of our life that, that, you know, we just have to stay on our knees and just ask the Lord to help us to see those things and remove those things from our lives. You know? Yeah. I think that we don't realize, um, sister White has a quote and it says, we don't realize the sinfulness of sin. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, cause it's getting pretty hard. You got all this homosexuality stuff going on, you know, and trying to figure out, you know, well, you know that it's wrong. You know, homosexuality is a sin. How you approach it is kind of the thing that's a problem, you know. 
But I think that um, I think about that verse that it says that if Jesus doesn't cut his short in righteousness, then nobody will be saved. Mm. You know, I think about the fact that um, black people here we are, hundred more than a hundred years later. Uh, well, if you if you start in seventeen nineteen, I uh, believe when the first slaves were brought over, until now it's been you know so much time, and we're still um, suffering from racism, and you know they don't want to take teach critical race theory in the classrooms and all of that stuff at this point. But then when you look at the LGBTQ community, they have made strides that we just, we're just, you know, amazed at, you know. Because we know who is the master of that movement. But even even so, there are times when I know I have put on a skirt and I looked in the mirror and I'm like, uh-uh, this ain't going to work, Patsy. Take it off, girl. Uh-uh. Because, <laughs> you know, you don't want to admit that, you know, you gained a few pounds, but you have to be realistic with yourself and know that if you go out looking like that, you know, <laughs> not only should you be concerned with what God is going to think, but you don't want to be sinning against somebody else that they would have to look and say, Lord, have mercy. What she put that on there for? <laughs> you know, not to be critical, but there are certain things you got to tell yourself. I'm too large to wear that. And, I, and I'm not putting anybody down, but I know there are people, they buy the sizes too small, so it would be tight on their bodies, and I ain't figured it out. You know, are they trying to make themselves in their mind think they're smaller, but it don't fit? Yeah. <laughs> There's probably a whole microcosm of reasons why people wear stuff that doesn't fit. I think some of it is they, they they don't have a correct body image of themselves and they, they're thinking that, you know, they look other than how they really do look and they're in denial. Others of them, they just feel like, you know, I don't really care. I'm going to wear whatever I want to wear. I don't care if it offends anybody. This is what I want to do. So, so you, were, you were talking about, Karen, uh, Karen how the uh, gay community, you know, have risen, you know, mm-hmm. and- that thing because that's a common thing in all races, you know what I'm saying? Mm. What I'm like that is the Asian Americans, they got a couple of people attacked them this year. It wasn't a mass murder, it wasn't the whole race was you know, um, enslaved or none of that. But mm-hmm. they passed a whole law about for the Asian American, you know, maltreatment. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. It happened immediately, ASAP. And Mitch McConnell and those guys, they passed immediately because half of Congress are married to Asians. Mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell's yeah. wife is Asian. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so, you know, they jumped on that quick, but we still build, I mean, our, our rights, our civil rights are a, a point of law. It has to be renewed. Isn't that right, Karen? Do I have mm-hmm. it right? Mm-hmm. It's sad that we can't can't get civil rights just to be treated civilly. But you know, you have African American homosexual people, Asian. So that's that's crossing all the different races. And then another thing too is like um, when you deal with that, it's not necessarily that built-in guilt that uh, white people are trying to avoid as well. You know, then mm-hmm. to knowledge to acknowledge their mistakes and that they were wrong and that this wasn't the right thing to do, it's going to be expensive. That's an expensive thing because you've already promised, you know what, uh, 
12 acres in the mu- mu- 40 acres. 40, 40 acres. acres. 40 acres in the mule. Don't get it, don't get it mixed up. Okay. 40 <laughs> I'm acres. On my in the 40. Mule. Right. So, you know, unless you're going to come up with that 40 acres and that mule, then now we're talking about cash payment. And, you know, that's not going to be 20,000 because you got to have the interest on that for all those years and years. And, you know, each, I mean, how are you going to really figure that out? Is it going to be each slave, each person? <laughs> It's just that's humongous. Mm-hmm. Well, they tend—I'm sorry—they tend to sweep our stuff under the rug because, like you said, it's it's too much for them to unwind, and they would have to look in the mirror and acknowledge that sin. Yeah, and um, and how they currently and their children's children benefit off of, of slavery so that's an acknowledgement they're not willing to make and they don't want to write that check but what you were saying about homosexuality is a good point uh lakita i hadn't looked at it that way that there are homosexuals across the across all i mean in every ethnic group every level of economics and everything and don't forget there's a lot of there's a lot of wealth in the homosexual community as well Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people that run Hollywood and music business, so on and so forth, um, happen to be homosexual, even even the in clo- you know in the closet ones or whatever. And um, again, the the Prince of Darkness is running that 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 whole movement, and that's why we can't get what is justly and and by the rights that God said we should have, much less the laws of the land. And these people seem to be leapfrogging over us because look who is the head of that community. Yeah. And so I, uh, one of my clients, a little Caucasian, right? it took him a little while to get it out. But he said to me this week that, you know, he ran to a very racist person and it took him a while, talked around and around. And finally, he said the person, he thought it would be offensive to me. The person said, <laughs> The person said um, that black people act like they're victims, you know, that they just want to act like they're victims. So I started cracking up laughing. I said, right. I said, it's a gift that y'all gave us, that they gave us. He, if they didn't want us to be victims, they shouldn't have did what they did. I said, they could have had slavery without beating people and hanging them and lynching them and all that. I said, they could have provided nice housing, decent clothing, some food. I said, they probably still have some slaves today if they would have did the thing right. I said, but since they gave us a gift, quit whining about it, complaining, because it's something we'll always have. You know, so they, you know, it's kind of like you you beat somebody to death, you beat somebody to near life, and then you blame them for having disabilities. Mm. Ridiculous. Mm. Good point. I thought it was funny. I'm, you know, I try not to get offended. I try to put them in a different perspective. Look at it from this way, folks. And ain't nobody gonna, I'm not gonna back off of uh, being a victim because have y'all noticed how how valuable being a victim is in the United States? People be getting millions of dollars for that. <laughs> you know, black women, look, black women have been strong, going through everything. And all they do is get a title called the angry black woman. Nobody's giving them millions of dollars for going through all that. Mm, that's true. You, you, you cry and whimper and, simper, whimper and simper around here and, and act like you can barely walk because somebody snarled at you. Man, some, they'll start a whole GoFundMe. You can get millions of dollars. <laughs> mm. Mm. You're right. All right, let's move on to the next paragraph, 525.1. And she says, something must arise to, to lessen the hold of God's people on the world. 
And she said, the reform dress is simple and helpful, yet there is a cross in it. Uh, who Did anybody ever think of your clothing as a cross? Have you ha ever had that thought that your clothing is a cross? You mean, uh, is that a negative thing or a positive thing? It should be a positive thing. It should be a positive thing that that basically everything about you should show that you're bearing a cross for Christ. Everything about you, including your dress, should show that you're bearing a cross for Christ. I think in this case, she's saying that people don't want to dress like that. So it's a burden to them. Mm -hmm. Dress mm -hmm. in that form, you know, because. Right. They got other intentions with their dress. They don't want to look like Christians. <laughs> right. And she says in the next paragraph, we should not wish to invent something to make a cross, but if God presents to us a cross, we should cheerfully bear it. In the acceptance of the cross, we are distinguished from the world who loves us not and ridicule our peculiarity. Christ was hated by the world because he was not of the world. So if we pass along without receiving censure or frowns from the world, we may be alarmed. For it is our conformity to the world which makes us so much like them that there is nothing to arouse their envy or their malice. There is no collision of spirits. The world despises the cross. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So uh, basically, you know, uh, uh, Paula, to kind of expand on that a little bit, is that, you know, She's saying we don't, don't invent a cross, but if God gives us a cross, which is, you know, where this health from, I remember, I remember being at Oakwood, growing up at Oakwood and, you know, your, your skirt was not supposed to be more than four inches above your knee. <laughs> and although I was too young at the time, so I didn't live in the dorms or anything, but the girls would be measured, their, their, their skirts would be measured before they left out especially on Sabbath morning, but their skirts would be measured before they left out of the dorm. And so this was not a cross they chose and, 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 and probably something they would not have chosen. But if it's there, you just bear it and you say, okay, well, I'm just going to conform to that. And I think that's kind of like what she's saying here. Any comments? I got a comment. Cause I said, we grew up watching, um, uh, they, uh, it was a play and it had Daisy Dukes and she was, the girl was always wearing these short, short shorts. <laughs> my sister told my mama, she said, now, since they, uh, I forget, uh, Dukes of Hazard. And my sister was telling my mother, she said, well, if the Duke of Hazard and all my friends is wearing Daisy Dukes, I think you need to save up some money and buy me some. And I mm. can't remember my mama saying, before I let one of my girls put Daisy Dukes on, she said, I have your skirt all the way down to the ground. She said, now don't come in my house talking this crazy stuff, but you want some Daisy Dukes. So, you know, we just kind of looked at each other, me and my sister, like everybody got some, but we ain't going to get none. And, <laughs> and, you know, older, and I used to see pictures of when I was wearing short shorts, you know, you change when you get to school so your mama wouldn't know. I said, I, I, and to me, when I look at those pictures, I say, I look ridiculous. <laughs> mm. mm -hmm. So, so you did get yourself some, is what you're saying? Yeah, we would we would put them over our friend's house, and so they would bring them to school in case, because our mama was always checking our book bags and stuff. So, we uh -huh. when, when we got to school, our friends would say, "Come in the bathroom, we got your Daisy Dukes, so we uh -huh. could look like everybody else." But I said, 
we just, I just thank God that my father wasn't living then, but my mama was working at the factory because if she had got off the factory and came to the school, we she'd have, she'd have whipped us right at the school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that that part it talks about not inventing something to make it cross, not mm-hmm. just dress, but for anything because it's very easy for people to say oh, you're not supposed to do this, or oh, you're not supposed to have that. And they're just making up, you know, their own rules just for something to disagree about or have something to say about. There's enough in life, you know, that God wants us to do that when we do it, we'll call, it will cause problems among other people. We don't have to go inventing trouble, like mm-hmm. something you shouldn't have, you know, like a blender or a food processor. You know, you don't need to go looking for trouble basically, in, in any sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Trouble already without you looking for something to make up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a question, and I've always wondered this. When I grew up at the Adventist church, they used to always say that women are not supposed to wear fancy hats to church. And I never understood it. And I was like, is it because it distracts somebody or is it, you know, I never got the biblical understanding of why women couldn't wear hats to church. I don't know if it was the Bible. I've never heard of anything in the Bible. I think we try to follow principles. I think in in the, what we're talking about here is a hat. Will it, you know, will it hurt you health-wise? Will it be a hindrance to you health-wise? And then will the hat, is the hat simple in taste and, you know, um, does it, you know, like sometimes people can wear hats and they just so, you know, outlandish and stuff, you know, so and does it, <laughs> you know, I always have unnecessary attention is a goal to get unnecessary attention to yourself. But also, Patsy, the thing is, this is why we just have to have a relationship with God, because sometimes, you know, the church will, you know, I forgive me, because Anyway, some members of the church, not the church, the whole body, but some members of the church are miserable people. And anything that looks like it's fun or interesting or whatever, they will say, you're not supposed to be doing that. You know, um, some things, Sister White says, you know, for children, it's just fun for children. It's just childish fun, you know, and stuff. So we have, and I think to me, I realize young women should not look like old women. I don't think that should be the case, you know, and stuff. And I think every woman wants to feel beautiful and look beautiful. And I think every man wants to feel handsome. So you just have to really be kind of really um, like judging for yourself, listening to the Holy Spirit for you and stuff. And I came up and was around the church in that era where you couldn't wear red and you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that. And none of that stuff is in place right now. You don't hear any of that anymore and stuff. So I don't know if we've walked away from what is true, or I don't know if what they were teaching was a waste of our time. We should have been focusing on how about the sanctuary or how about Jesus dying on the cross? Why not focus on those things? And then I think the Bible says it the best. If seek ye these things first, seek ye the kingdom of heaven first, and all these things will be added to you. All the rest will just fall in place. You know, we'll go to dealers and find dresses below our knees. That's the most beautiful thing. And we just love them. And, you know, we re- recognize how they make us look like Christ. And that's our desire. But if we don't have that desire, what's the point? 
One, one of the things we got to look out for, too, is people who are teaching for doctrine and commandments of men. Mean. So it's a lot of personal opinion involved. And you have to be very careful about that, especially if it's the leadership saying it. It might be their opinion, too. Like Lakita's saying, there's nothing scriptural or referenced in spirit of prophecy writings about certain subjects or items. And people just think because the pastor said it, that makes it right, or because the deaconess board said that's what they do, that doesn't make it right. So we have to, again, uh, be in touch with the Lord as to what we should and should not do. It's so very easy for somebody to say, oh, women shouldn't wear red. And it's, it's said so often that people think it's in the Bible somewhere when it's not necessarily in there. And you just have to study for yourself to show yourself approved. And I can't say that God doesn't like beautiful stuff and that he doesn't want his children to look beautiful. I won't believe that because when you look at how he created the, um, what is it, the temple and the, the ephod and all the stuff that the, um, that the priests wore, that stuff was gorgeous. If you could kind of visualize all those different jewels and, you know, and then when you go in there, this box is made of pure gold and, you know, those um, fruits or whatever, I think it's some fruit in there, um, made of, or little balls made of gold. That stuff was gorgeous, you know? So God's not trying to make you look like a little tacky and run around her <laughs> for Christian, you know? <laughs> You know, you know, I'm going to say y'all this. What a person told me recently, this is what a person told me. I don't even know if I told Lee this. She said, when people look at you, me, then they think you guys are poor. I said, really? She said, yeah, they think you poor. Do you think I'm mad? I'm like, Lord, this is wrong. I'm giving people the wrong impression about how well you can take care of me. Mm -hmm. Fix this. I have to change what I'm doing. Something is amiss here. That should not be, you know, and mm -hmm. I really had a talk with God about that because that's not what we're trying to get people to think is that we are poor. That's not, that's not the goal. Also, if you just look at the flowers, you know, God loves beauty. He created the earth for it to be inhabited and to be enjoyed. So every plant, every flower, every tree, all of it is beautiful. He could have just made everything brown, one color, if that was the point. But he did it for our enjoyment and for his enjoyment. And one thing, I know we're just talking, but this is probably a personal issue of my own that I have to work on, Patsy. So just allow me to vent here. Another thing I know is that these very men, not you, sweetie, very men, who put out all this stuff about how women should look. They go get them a woman. She wearing jewelry, makeup, dress. So Hallelujah. Dress so tight she can't sit down, stiletto heels. You've been wearing these sneakers and, you know, loafers and stuff, trying to conform to whatever nonsense that they're putting out there. And I'm not recommending that we be trifling in our dress. I'm not. But I also don't fall into that. I have to listen to what you say. I need to be keep my mind and my eyes stayed on Jesus because I can't. The very people who say you can't wear a hat, you'll see them. They'll go buy their wife one and then say, well, that's not bad. I'm talking about the other hats, the ones you wear. Well, you know, when I first moved here and I said, and I, you know, at that time I had got, I, about five years after that, I got married. And I remember going into, 
my husband's at that time, my husband's church, and his sister took me in. She said, uh-uh. She said, you got to leave the sanctuary. Let me talk to you. And she told me, she said, you are a country punk. And she said, we do not dress like that. And I told her, I said, well, everything is clean and pressed and stuff. She said, uh-uh, honey, you got to do something with the way you look, too. She said, yeah. she said I'm just sorry. She said, you're going to have to be like the uh, St. Louis people. She said, you live, you're going to be living here now. And I never changed my dress. And so when I used to go, go to his church when they had events, and she'd be like, uh-uh, I, I cannot sit with her. Mm-mm. I can't sit by Patsy. She, uh-uh, she too country. And I always, my mom always told us, as long as you, you know, you dress nice and your clothes are clean, that you, you know, you go and you praise the Lord. But I can't remember. She used to always tell me, she said, you know, we'd be at my mother and my ex-mother-in-law's house. And she would say, it's nothing personal. But she said, y'all country people. She said, uh-uh, I cannot say we're country people. And she did have a lot of jewelry. And, you know, she dressed very nice. Mm. Look, Kita, I would not worry not one bit. That's a compliment that somebody said, y'all look like you're poor. It's not a reflection on what God has done for you. If you're comfortable with that, what you do and what you give. I mean, as somebody who drove across the same car for 26 years, still wish I had it. I was still able to support the church school. I was able to support, do different, you know, do different things. The Lord Amen. what he gave me and blessed me with and be able to give people things when they were in need. Amen. And, and people look at, that's, that's what people look at the outside and think that, I mean, that's so not important. If God bless you, you paying your tithe and your offering, that's the only thing that matters. Praise God. Yeah, it's real easy to get caught up in looks because that's what the world wants you to do. If you look at a lot of these videos, everybody in the video weren't dripping with jewelry and driving fancy cars and dressed all up and drinking and doing everything. And, you know, it's just all about glamour and ego and selfishness. And that's all just the devil's trick to get us to think about ourselves as opposed to thinking about God. So we really have to continue growing in grace. As it says, we don't have all the answers. God didn't give us all the answers. But as we grow in grace and each day try and be closer to him than we were yesterday, that's what he's uh, happy about. That's what he looks down and smiles about, that we do. uh, It is our desire and intention to be more like Christ. And, you know, I used to pray for Sister Mitchell so bad because when she used to bring the homeless in, we did have members that used to turn their nose up. And I was like, she's doing God's will. She going out there and she bringing them into Amen. the church no matter what they look like. But we had I, I can't remember church members just getting up and moving. And I always just said, if she, you know, if they sit by me, I always say, you know, do you need a Bible? So at one time it was like three of them. I just gave my big Bible to them. But I said, you know. We have to realize everybody is not at the same place we are. And Sister Mitchell, you know, she was in our Sabbath school class, and she used to say, you know, I don't know how many members, you know, they keep telling me, why do you bring these people? She said, because I bring them because God gave me a ministry. And I thought, we shouldn't approach her like that. We should just be thankful that she is going out there bringing people in. Yeah, we forget all about how people are supposed to be coming into the church. (laughs) We forget that. But on the dress, you know, um, another thing, too, we can if we kind of follow that the um, idea of dressing as becoming of God, you know, that our dress reminds us of being godly, then we also can probably avoid 
um, getting ripped off. You know, the biggest ripoff I can think of is Michael Jordan and that shoe game he got going, you know, a new pair of shoes. <laughs> I mean, they just shoes, right? You got the left foot and the right foot. And he, he has tennis shoes. And I don't know yep. how people manage to make a whole new different pair of shoes every week. And people be lined up to get a $200 pair of tennis shoes. What a racket. You know, that's just such a racket. And Lakita, you know, there was one person, that, uh, one of the cues that, 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 you know, was, I guess, Michael Jordan is a cue. He was saying Michael Jordan only spent about 98 cents making a pair of tennis shoes. Ain't that something, girl? They got the game and just going on with it. What a racket. I mean, let me ask y'all as Christians. If y'all could start a racket like that, <laughs> would you do it? <laughs> no, because I wouldn't want I wouldn't want my guardian angel writing that down that I'm taking advantage of people. <laughs> if but, I'm if I'm going to make tennis shoes for ninety eight cents, I'm going to make sure that I'm not going to charge people two and three hundred dollars. If I'm going to if like I said, if I'm going to make some shoes for ninety eight cents. At the most, I can see myself charging is $2. And then I'm going to donate and, and return some of that in tithe and office to help the poor kids that couldn't but, but afford it. But, Pessy, listen, listen. <coughs> if you make the shoes for $2 and they cost 90 cents, that leaves you with a dollar and two cents in profit. And so that I'm going to return that. To, for a tithing offering. And then right. for the kids that can't afford it, I'm going to make sure that the extra I can make shoes for them and donate to organizations that, so, they, so that when they go to school, they don't have other kids, you know, saying, oh, your mama poor and you can't afford this. And that's where bullying comes in a lot of times on the dress that the kids have. Yeah, but hold on. High school level. Hold on. But if you make it for a dollar and you make a dollar and 10 cent profit, then your times would be 10 cents. But if you buy the shoe for 200, you make it for $200, then your profit will be $20. And look at oh how God. many more. Yeah, I'm sorry, your tithe will be $20 and see how many more people you can have. <laughs> I don't think I would be in that frame of mind. <laughs> I hope the Lord wouldn't lead me like that. All right. Well, it's what? 10% regardless of how much money it is. And God's looking at our faithfulness no matter what. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, but wait a minute. How about, what about you, Paula? If you could get a game. Oh, maybe, you already know my answer. I believe in yes. capitalism and making a profit. But you can be <laughs> philanthropic for every, if I pay 50 cents to make them, that's how the world works. And I sold them for $200. You can give away two pair of shoes to, to someone's in need um, and, and pay your tithing offering, support church school. There's nothing wrong with making money. It's your attitude. And the problem with that whole shoe game, when we first start this conversation, you have people who idolize like I watch blackish I wasn't aware since Amanda lived in my house and I'm sure some fem females do it too they idolize their shoe um their shoe collection and you can there's a whole uh social thing a whole group now that all they do is trade shoes online and some of these shoes are going for uh you know tens of thousands of dollars for, you know, mm -hmm. as if they're pieces of art. So that's making an idol out of something simple. Mm -hmm. That part is a sin, but there's nothing wrong with making a profit. 
And and also there is this saying that say a fool and his money will soon be departed. So why not give it to me? You know, <laughs> 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 no, I'm, you know, I'm just joking. But the truth of the matter is, you know, I don't know how I feel about Michael Jordan in 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 this game he got, but I have it's never heard Nike of that's doing it, not Michael Jordan. He just get a piece. Yeah, yeah, it's Nike that's doing it, but they're using Michael Jordan's name and stuff, and Michael Jordan ain't saying don't do it. But uh, and 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 again, I don't care that they they charge two hundred because you don't have to buy it. You don't if they if people would quit buying that stuff, the price would go way down. Right. Well, that's I, man, it's a I heard about that. Fan comes in when they when people idolize. Yes, things yeah. like that. Yeah, and also when a person is led by greed and avarice. And it's like Solomon said, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Everybody's so wrapped up in vanity and ego and how I look and how other people look at me. That's where the problem comes in. And one of the biggest issues you can tell where a person's love is, is take a look at their checkbook or their credit card. Credit cards have ruined many people's lives because it makes it so easy for you to feed your vanity and your ego without even having the ability to do so. And so many people are struggling and hurting now because of that. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's more than a notion. I heard about that too, Paula, where they're trading shoes, shoes costing a thousand, two. What? Are you kidding me? They tennis shoes. That's just so amazing. But you can look at that in anything. If you go online, people are <clears throat> are buying and selling all kinds of stuff. Remember cabbage patch dolls and Pokemon cards and their people will get attached to rock. any kind of thing and rock. sell it for way too much because it's just a thing that human beings tend to do, get all wrapped up in chasing something. And before you know it, the bottom drops out of it and you just left broken without anything. But what's amazing is the Ten Commandments cover everything. That's another mm-hmm. reason I know this thing is real. Don't, oh, don't put any other guys before me. Mm-hmm. right off the top. I mean, that covers everything. And right. thou shalt not cover it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So let me just uh, kind of wrap up uh, Patsy's question. Patsy, you were talking about the hats and Lee, Lee spoke on that. Um, and I, I think that a lot of times, you know, we know in our churches, we're dealing with scribes and Pharisees in our churches too, because the wheat and the tear grow together. And a lot of things have have just, you know, it 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 may be the whim of the particular person, uh, you know, don't wear a certain color, don't wear a hat or whatever. I remember one year we were down at we went down to Oakwood for the taping of their Christmas program, and there was a lady there, and she had on this humongous hat, and she and there were Christmas ornaments dangling off of it, <laughs> and I thought, how ridiculous is that? She thought she's you know, good too. Yep, I'm sure she did. I mean, literally ornaments and things dangling off the hat. And the hat was already just huge. And was probably blocking the person behind her. And who can forget Aretha Franklin hat at the Kennedy Center? Yeah. <laughs> or I remember being Never down a gray hat. Mm-hmm, yep. I remember being down at Oakwood one year for alumni. And this woman, she had on this. This hat was even bigger than the Christmas ornament hat. It was just humongous. And I thought, why, why? And you know, <laughs> I guess it's easy to sit 
like in 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 the von Braun because you know the chairs are you know uh, at least they're on a level so that maybe the person behind you can see above your hat I guess but um it was just kind of ridiculously huge but I think and and so I think that you know and and of course I guess it got got her a lot of attention so I think Patsy the principle here is you know and and it was said earlier in this in in these paragraphs is that is that in everything that we wear is the cross or, or 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 should have a cross for us to bear and so if that cross is to be humble, to be meek, then how does our dress fit into that? You know, and I don't. I don't think it's so much particular things. I just think that, you know, because for each person is going to be different. I remember one time this lady said uh, she didn't want to give up her jewelry, but she told the Lord, "Well, you show me why I need to give up my jewelry." And I don't remember the entire story, but. Uh, she was out somewhere trying to buy a piece of jewelry and, 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 and for whatever reason, they didn't have the piece that she wanted. And she got angry and irritated and upset. And then she said, right then the Holy Spirit said to her, that's why you cannot wear this because it's all about you and what you want. And she said, she took off all her jewelry after that. So I think it's, I think it is an individual thing. And I think that different things affect different people. You know, like my husband always likes to say, well, the, the, the devil can't tempt me with smoking cigarettes because I've never even had a taste or a desire for it, you know, but the devil tempts us with all kinds of other things individually. And so the cross then, in order to bear the cross, to have a meek and humble spirit, that may cross over. Uh, somebody talked about uh, the gays crossing over into all races, a meek and humble spirit should cross over into every area of our life. That's the cross we have to bear. And so when we look at, you know, how we dress, does that support a meek and humble spirit? How we eat, does that support a meek and humble spirit? All these things, you know, how we appear to other people, does that support a meek and humble spirit? And I think that's the principle that that we have to take from this is that um, and, and somebody said it also today is seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added unto us. And we do things backwards. We seek everything else and then say, okay, now what you got, God? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's just keep in mind that we should keep him ever before us and bear that cross of a meek and humble spirit and let that cross over into every area of our lives. And with that, unless anybody else had any other comments, we're going to close out for today. Any other comments? No. Okay, Lee, where are we next week? Uh, Lee, what where are we at next week? What's our what's our thing? Lee, what's your chapter next week? You all know that we're almost through with that book, uh, heaven. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Yes, I'm oh, finished with it. Yeah. What's the chapter for next week? Okay, let's see. We're in chapter 18, paragraph 174.2, and it starts out by faith, we may stand on the threshold. 174.2, 
18. And on the threshold, chapter 18. 174.2. Okay. 174.1, I'm sorry. Oh, point one. Okay. Point one. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Lakita, would you mind closing out in prayer for us? Uh, yes. Most honorable Father, we thank you so much for your servant, um, your prophet. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for the writings. Dear Lord, we ask that in everything that we do and that we will take a close look at our dress this week and, um, and we will begin to see if the things that we're putting on, the things that we're eating, the things that surround us, are they indicative of your presence with us, dear Lord? Our desire is to, be, is to please you and to uh, possibly, through whatever we're doing, reach some other heart so that they may be saved. And now, Lord, we turn over. We know that um, each member here, each person here has some unspoken um, prayer, some unspoken desire, and some desire, some need, Lord, that they're not even aware of. So, Lord, we ask that you would um, answer their petitions, the deepest uh, desires of their hearts, Lord. We ask that you would cover their families until they are coming to the ark of safety, dear Lord. We ask that you would give us the exact words, the right things to say at the exact right time so that they may hear and feel your presence, dear Father. We ask that you would bring to them those trials, those fiery trials that will not kill them, but will give them a desire, a great desire to listen and hear you. And Lord, we ask that every person we come in contact with this week will see you in us. Work through us, dear Lord. We ask for the, your, um, since the Holy Spirit is in us and it is a healing spirit, that the Holy Spirit will begin to heal our bodies and our minds and help us to follow the Spirit's voice where it leads because it leads us to complete and total health in all areas, mental, financial, spiritual, relationship, everything will be healed when we let go and allow God to use and work his power through us so that we may be a blessing to others and be accepting the blessings that he gives to us. So we praise your holy name. We thank you so much for your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray and praise you always. Amen. 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 Uh, let me just leave you guys with something I heard. Uh, uh, Chaplain Barry Black was um, speaking at Oakwood today. And he said, he said, you know, he said, we should start off every prayer asking uh, the Holy Spirit to pray with us and for us before we start praying. He said, because he said, that is the boost of our prayers that we don't even realize we have access to. And so uh, he, he said, start every prayer with asking the Holy Spirit to join in and pray with and for us as we pray. Oh, okay. So I just want to leave that with you guys as we go offline. And uh, thank you all for joining us this week. And we will see you next week. All right. Thank you.